Drink This Beer is brought to you by The Beer Guys. BeerGuysRadio.com is where you need to go to get the scoop on what's going on in craft beer. That's BeerGuysRadio.com. And if you like the show, consider becoming one of our sponsors. Head to Patreon.com slash BeerGuys. That's Patreon.com slash BeerGuys. Welcome to Drink This Beer, a show dedicated to craft beer and the people who make it. Each episode, we'll get the stories behind the brews you love. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? And welcome to the Drink This Beer podcast. It's the podcast that brings you all of the brewers that you love to drink and love to listen to. I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis, and we've got a special episode here for you. This is part two of our Shelton Fest Spectacular, Aaron. Specta- I like that, Spectacular. So we're going to get right yes. here into the interviews. We appreciate you tuning in. Cheers. Right now we've got Christopher Pilkington with us, and he is from an Estonian brewery. And Chris, I'm going to let you tell us the right way to say the name of the brewery. <laughs> I'll do my best. Okay. okay. So uh, that's Pukkila. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. Was, and what does that mean in Estonian? So in Estonian, the Estonian language is related uh, only to Finnish and a little bit of Hungarian. Okay. So it's not common to most people. But that means northern territory, northern lands. Okay. We're a little bit okay. more northern than uh, Bend, Oregon, just to give you guys a bit of really? American context. Okay. Yeah, okay. exactly. So the climate's there, so just totally jumping subjects, uh, are there hops grown in Estonia? There are, but there's only wild ones at the moment. Okay. We're kind of on the very, very northern edge of it. Okay. So we've, we've tried it for a few small things, but no one's able to brew a beer with it properly. It's, All right. No one's domesticated the hops, so to I say. I got you. Okay. So, so, so I will, to vote, vote our ignorance, this is actually the first time we've ever had an Estonian brewery on our show. I was going to say it to back up yeah. Estonian craft beer, huh? So how is uh, the, the general uh, environment of craft beer in Estonia? I mean, I would say we've got a scene of like extreme growth at the moment. It's, it's not a mature scene at the moment because we've only really had craft beer for about four and a half years. Okay. We launched, our, we launched the, uh, the Baltic Porter about four and a half years ago as a gypsy brewery, and that was kind of the first modern style craft beer to come out of Estonia. So before that, then you had the big three lager guys. You had one or two on the islands producing sort of traditional style ales. But uh, but since then, it's exploded. I mean, we're up to something like 40, 50 breweries, including gypsy wow, breweries. That's awesome. See, we hear a lot from you know some of the European countries. We've talked to Galway Bay in Ireland before about the growth of, of craft beer there. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like a lot of them, once they, dis- once they do break into craft beer, there's tremendous growth. You Absolutely. Know, it, it just grows explodes. fast. Yeah. Awesome. Once, once people realize there's more to beer than just the... Yeah, macro lager stuff that absolutely they, they start to go crazy. Yeah, with. well, I so, think you kind of like get the bug. So you start sure, off going yeah, through some of the imported stuff, and then you run out of that. So you start up your own brewery. Make my eventually. Own, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Well, that's we've. The reason we got connected up with you is uh, our field operative Brian Hewitt stopped by your booth yesterday, and he kept coming back around and telling us, <laughs> "You guys got to try this Estonian craft brewery." And of course, my first response was Estonia. So, and he said, yeah, man, absolutely. They're doing good stuff over here. And we have tried your uh, your Baltic Porter that you do. And uh, you guys kind of, that's your specialty is Baltic Porters, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, it was the first beer that we launched. And since then, it's like we're in a climate that really suits the sort of darker beers, even during the summer. So we just kind of uh, run with that. That's 
we found that not many people are making the dark beers that we want to drink. So, you know, why don't we do it? Yeah, and a Baltic basically. Porter is just a great roasty porter. It's good for, and of course, it's named after the, the Baltic Sea, which is right there in Estonia anyway. So, yeah, exactly. So it makes a lot of sense for you guys. Uh, exactly. I mean, historically, the style itself originates from a city just south of Tallinn. So it's uh, we're kind of able to go back and see where the style originates and build up from there. Kind of contemporize it a little bit. And your beers in general, you draw a lot from kind of the Nordic environment and culture there, correct? Yeah, we actually do. So a lot of it is kind of suited to that climate, but we also use a lot of the ingredients around the scene. So we do something called the Forest Series. You guys get a little bit of that here, but not very much. Um, and that includes an, a black IPA with uh, forest blueberries and spruce tips, a brown ale with pine needles. Would love that. I was yeah. going to say, I'm, that's right up my alley <laughs> yeah. right there. You're yes. a spruce guy then. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not the West Coast IPA, but it's like the pioneer, the, 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 the better for me. So, yeah. so yeah. that's fantastic. So um, I don't know my Estonian accents very well, but I'm guessing you do not have one. and uh, Not currently, no. Yes. So how <laughs> did a Scottish brewer end up at an Estonian brewery? So basically, uh, we started the, uh, the brewing project about four and a half years ago. And before that, I met the guys uh, that founded the company at, uh, when I was working at BrewDog in Scotland. We, just, they, we had a little bit of a bond. We shared the same ideas about what beers we wanted to make. And, and basically, it just kind of led us all together. So eventually, I was over there helping them with the contract brewing. And then it was just a case of, let's make it a one-way ticket this time. And let's open this brewery together, not just, not just for us. Okay. So, quite, so an yeah. event, quite an adventure for you then. You get to travel and, uh, of course, to a different country and uh, experience that while you're yeah. while you're still young, you kids. Is that <laughs> you're still, yeah. Yes. Still young, you know. Yeah, you still young. Just right. I mean, let's be adventure. honest. The beer festivals are aging me rapidly. They do. But they, well, they're known to do that. <laughs> yes. Definitely, definitely but true. The, such is life. So, yeah. I'm now, never looking back. Is this your first Shelton Fest as a brewery? This is, yeah. This is our first one. Okay. We... we uh, we got on with the guys just uh, just a little bit before the previous year's one, so we missed out on that. But uh, but it's an honor to be here, and it's great to see Atlanta, Georgia. It's, uh, awesome. Is this your first trip to Atlanta? Yeah, it is. It have is. you had a chance to get out and uh, explore any? We have, uh, after the festival, so a little bit the worse for wear, but uh, right. yeah. that's okay. But I have blurry memories of some amazing bars. There you go. That's As Those long the as they're memories. there a little bit, yeah. then you're good to go. That's yes. exactly right. So you, you're here in the States. You mentioned you know, that, that some of your beers make it over here in this. What's, uh, what's the plans for the future? Um, I guess the plan is just to kind of, for ourselves, we're really focused on building a new brewery in the next year. We've uh, made the first payment on it. It's going to be a little bit bigger than we are right now and a little bit more central Tallinn. And, uh, and yeah, it should be able to let us unleash the creativity a bit more. Until then, we're just going to build on what we've got right now. So just before the festival, actually, we brewed with uh, Brian uh, Strumke from Stillwater. We did, uh, did two beers together. And that's a friendship that we've really kind of, uh, we're really happy to have. And, you know, that's the way that we like to see it over the next year. Just build up what we've got, not push ourselves too hard and trying to commit to too much. Just, mm-hmm. like, keep the quality level super, super high and hopefully meet more people and, uh, and build up for the new place. Now, Chris, we talked that Baltic porters are kind of uh, your, your focus there. But uh, you have a very cool little booklet here showing all your beers. And this says part one, so there's more in store then. Yeah, exactly. So, but, I mean, we see the Black Forest IPA here, uh, coffee porters. I saw Berliners, Gozes, Blood Orange, and Passion Fruit IPA. So a lot of variety there, correct? Yeah, absolutely. What we've done, though, is, uh, like with the states in particular, is 
we don't think there's any point sending IPAs over to you guys. Sure. That you guys sense. do it pretty okay. Yeah, we're I okay. think we can agree. Yeah, we've done them a, a time or two over here. Exactly. Right? Yes. So rather than sending something that's getting worse every day it's in shipment, then we'd rather send something that gets better every day sure. it's in shipment. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, in our home market, then we're pretty varied. I think you kind of, to scratch the creative itch, you've got to be. And uh, we're one of the leading breweries in the Baltic and uh, in the Baltic region. So that's kind of, it's fun to see, like, that we can kind of push the sour beer perspective a little bit. We can get the IPAs going. But what people really know us for are the barrel-aged ones and the porters. Very cool. So, Excellent, excellent. Well, cool. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, again, enjoy Shelton Fest. Cheers. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Awesome. Thank Cheers you. Cheers and Thank Thank you. Oh, uh, Sorry, say that again? Tervisex. Cheers in Estonian. Excellent. That's perfect. Thank you. And we'll be back with more of part two of our 2017 Shelton Fest coverage. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Drink This Beer. More Drink This Beer with Tim and Aaron coming up after this. Here at Drink This Beer, we love to bring you the stories behind the craft beer and brewers that you love. And we'd be grateful if you took the time out to check out our Patreon site. It's at patreon.com slash beerguys. If you choose to become one of our donors, we would really appreciate it. Plus, you get some awesome swag, including T-shirts, glasses, stickers, and some more stuff that's coming down the pike. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer, part of the Beer Guys Radio Network. Tell a friend and head to patreon.com slash beerguys. Cheers. Welcome back to Drink This Beer with your hosts, Tim and Aaron. Welcome back to part two of the Drink This Beer Craft Beer Podcast. We're continuing with our interviews from Shelton Fest 2017 in Atlanta, Georgia. On the microphone with us today is uh, Jackie O's, Brad Clark. Jackie, or Brad. Brad, Jackie. It's going to be hard because Brad, Jackie, Jackie O's is an actual name, and so is yeah. Brad. So My name is up. Brad Clark, and I'm the director of brewing operations at Jackie O's there in you go. Athens, Ohio. Excellent. There's no, no way we'll remember all that, Brad, with all the, the beer here today. So well, As long as we can remember Brad, we can make this there happen. There you go. Right? There you got it. Well, Brad, thank you for taking the time yeah, to no come problem. over here and talk to us today. We're very familiar with Jackie O's. I have friends in Ohio that have introduced me to the beer. You know, we trade them that. You're quite popular up there. So, uh, Jackie O's kind of, is there a mantra? Uh, tell us just a little bit kind of the thousand-foot view of what Jackie O's is. Well, uh, we're almost 12 years old. We turned 12 in uh, December, so we've been around for a little bit. Uh, it started off as a brew pub uh, that started in 96 that was called Ohoolies. Uh That went under and uh, switched ownership in late 2005. And uh, that's when I came on as the brewer. Uh, I was 22 at the time. And, uh, you know, over the years, uh, we've changed the name to Jackie O's, paying homage to the old Irish brew pub, but also tying into the owner's mother who passed away shortly after we had uh, gotten the, the brew pub. So over the years, we've learned a lot. We've grown a lot. And uh, we're making a lot of beer. And... Uh, Mainly, we're trying to really focus in on uh, making really quality, consistent product uh, for the state of Ohio and uh, spreading into a couple other specialty markets. So at 22, was working in the brewing industry your goal, or did it just happen for you? Uh, well, I'd been working in a brew pub. I was home brewing, and, uh, you know, and just kind of things fell in line. There was an opportunity and uh, decided to go for it, but... Uh, it's all worked out really well. It's kind of surprising when you look back on it and see where everything is at now. It's sometimes, always yeah. Sometimes those journeys, you know, you don't think about it in the beginning, but uh, you're like, it come out pretty good at the end. That's yeah, it. we always say like it was never part of the plan, especially yeah. how large we've gotten over the years. Uh, 
But, you know, the plan always changes, so that's just so, the way it goes. Looking at information on Jackie O's, I found out you guys are very big into sustainability. With yeah, that, that uh, you know you have uh, your brewery, brew pub. You uh, have a twenty-acre farm. Yep. You have a bake shop using your spent grain and that. So, uh, yep. Why is uh, all that so important to you? Well, we live in a really small community, uh, Athens County, Ohio. It's the poorest community in at in, in the state of Ohio. Uh, we employ a little over one hundred and forty people. Uh, we just find that uh, it's very important that we take care of our community uh, because the community has taken care of us and supported us uh, through so many years. For a long time, we were just a brew pub that only made beer in Athens, Ohio. Uh, never got out of Athens, Ohio. And now that it's become a statewide company and you know, grown a little bit outside of that, uh, we just find that it's important to always support everybody around us. So. And, and speaking of a rural community like that, you know, I, that's, I grew up in a rural community as well, and it's just to have something like that, you, you really are a community, and to have so many employees, I bet that's yeah. a big deal for the, for the county. It is, it is. It brings like a, like a gravity to what we do, so we're not um, shooting off the cuff so much anymore. Uh, we're really trying to make calculating, calculated decisions about our beer and how it's packaged and how it's created and, and what the, you know, the purpose of it is. Uh, because there's a lot of people that depend on the jobs that they have within our company. Sure. So. so something that is an issue for a lot of breweries that get popular uh, in areas, and I just see one of our friends from Creature Comforts here, kind of one in Georgia that has this issue. Uh, as you get popular, there becomes some uh, difficulty with beer releases and such. So you're getting harassed by the Creature guys here, huh? So, yeah. <laughs> See, it's there you go. Yeah. Oh, oh man, we got some kisses here, that's man. Beautiful. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. So Athens, to, Georgia to Athens, Ohio. That's what I was thinking yeah, as you were talking about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um beer releases. It's something yeah. we've seen here and I've heard the stories of it at Jackie O's and that uh kinda how do you deal with those when you have not as much beer as people who want it? Well, we've been doing bottle releases since uh two thousand nine. Uh, so over the past eight years, we've figured out different systems that work very well for the amount of beer that we make and the amount of space and logistics that we have. So um, it's actually worked out pretty well. We've had multiple releases where there's one bottle per person, but everybody's all right with that. One of the ways that we've always dealt with that is we put close to 60 to 70 different beers on draft that we've made. So it's not always about getting that bottle. It's about trying drafts. Uh, we make sure that everybody gets seated, everybody gets fed. Uh, we do a very different thing. Uh, so it's so, not just the whole waiting line around sure. the block for, for no, 20 hours. <laughs> some of that happens. Yeah. Uh, we did a bottle release of a beer that we did with Side Project um, that, that, that was that. But our way of kind of diffusing that was uh, selling that beer at both of our locations, doing a case limit on that beer at both locations so that we could divide the masses and put them at, because each of our single locations could not take all of that, all of that um, hype or whatever. Sure, sure. So um, we split it up, we made the allocations large, and uh, it worked out kind of well it worked out well for us of course it sold out within a day but um there's a lot of different ways to do it 
you know. But at the end of the day, you really want more people to get the access to the beer that you're making. Yeah, and well, and the fact that it was a case limit and some people walked out of there with two cases means that, like, well, you can get the beer. I know it's through a secondary market and whatnot, but... Um, Only two hundred dollars more than it was at the brewery five minutes ago on that yeah, secondary it wasn't market. That much more. <laughs> okay. easy, easy. Yeah, these these do, but the easy. secondary markets part but, of it, they you know, do get sometimes carried away there. So, but part of that is also like putting out five hundred cases. Or right, it's not putting out. You know, when we do brew pub releases, we put out forty to fifty cases or something. But it's a small turnout. You know, it works out great. Thank you. Awesome. Now, so speaking of your beer and not just trying to fight to get it there, you guys do a lot of fantastic barrel-aged beers. I've enjoyed a lot of the stouts that you do barrel-aged, uh, you know, your sour program that you have there and yep. such. So uh, your sour program, we're talking to a lot more breweries that are getting a lot more serious about their sour mm-hmm. programs. You know, it's not an afterthought. It's, uh, you know, it's something they're really focusing on in open facilities dedicated to that. Yeah. What's your kind of philosophy and approach to your sour program? Well, we started our sour program in 2008, so uh, we've been doing it for, um, you know, coming up on eight years, or I'm sorry, almost 10 years now, almost a decade. Um, Over time, we've learned a lot of what you can and can't do when mixing clean and uh, mixed fermentation or sour beer within the same room, uh, equipment sharing and all that. And so over the years, we've shifted a lot of our processes. so we have like a dedicated sour production room that has fermentation vessels, uh, large format oak vessels, fruiting vessels, packaging, a whole separate packaging line, um, all these things. But it is within our production facility. We also have an offsite barrel facility that has a, a clean room and a sour room uh, within it. And there's certain aspects that we add into that to kind of ensure that there isn't cross-contamination but uh over the years we've learned a lot from our mistakes and uh and now we're making uh a lot of a lot of sour beer along with a lot of clean barrel aged beer and uh just regular ass you know ipa and sure raspberry wheat and, and, and things like that that are like the core of the company so yeah. very cool now big changes in ohio beer laws changing you guys uh your ABV cap got done away with recently. Kind of opened some gates there, and uh, with that, there's also BrewDog is building a brewery yeah. in Ohio. Well, it's, so it, it's built. They're, or built. That's right. They're, they're uh, making recently, beer. Right? They're, they're 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 canning. Like right. BrewDog is off the ground and running now. Okay, so something like that, a brewery like BrewDog, coming to your state, good or bad for the overall beer well, community there. Let's remember that BrewDog didn't come to Ohio to like fuck up Ohio, like. BrewDog came to Ohio to make beer for the entire U.S. That's what a lot of people lose sight of. So there's been like a lot of negativity about BrewDog on many levels. And um, I think people fail to remember that this is their U.S. production brewery. And this is not about like our state. This is about all the fucking states, right? So, so you're not saturating the market in Ohio. You're just yeah. you're basically expanding it. To the United so as far as like... ABV cap and BrewDog making crazy ABV beers, like that doesn't mean anything. Like BrewDog's going to be making a lot of IPA. I mean, they make, you know, a lot of beers that, that contend with or compete with our, like the bulk of our production. So that's something to consider. Sure. Competition's a wonderful thing. Right. You know, it pushes everybody further. Um, 
but as far as like the ABV thing goes, um, it's nice that we can finally put the actual ABV of our beers on the packaging. We've been making 12% plus beers since 2008, so now they're not 11.5, yeah. 11.9. 11.9, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We seem to have a lot of uh, 13.9% beers here in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly what they are. Yes, exactly. Uh, with the facility like that, you know, we've got, uh, are, are the locals, do people consider BrewDog local, or do they look at it as a big beer coming in outsider? Um, I think both. A little of both? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like... It's an hour away from Athens. Um, I stop by there every once in a while and like grab a bite to eat and drink a beer or two. Um, they also have other people's beer on draft. They're one of our bigger accounts within okay. like yeah. the Columbus market. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm playing really nice or something. Let's, which, which let's play nice here, yes. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just like... When we started, we were the 24th brewery in the state of Ohio, and now there's over 240. And, like, you know, so it's grown a lot. Sure. But, like, you know, it didn't happen that way by people getting, you know, upset or, like, overly concerned about certain things. Right. And being a brewery that's been around for a while, you've had to work through any law change in that. We've seen some of the the old guard here in Georgia that, you know, we see our laws changing here. Not sure if you're aware. September 1st, we got our direct sales law here where you can buy beer at a brewery. And, you know, we've got Terrapin and Sweetwater and and, uh, Red Brick that, you know, these guys were brewing beer when we had uh, 6% caps and, uh, and you couldn't do any direct sales. So, you know, the future for the breweries here. The doors just really open with what you're able to do, but there's a lot of people that had to fight that for 20-plus years to get you there. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, we've been, like, pushing for, like, ABV law change and stuff like that for a long time, and it's taken a long time to get there. Um, There's other things that we'd like to change in the state, but uh, for the most part, it's just it's saturation right now, (laughs) which is a lot of markets, you know. And uh, that is that is the biggest thing that is kind of bearing down on everybody. Sure, sure. new or old. And I think that's that's an issue nationwide. You know, in all yeah, states, yeah. we're starting to get saturation. So, so yeah. So, Brad uh, from uh, Jackie O's. Anything else that we might have missed? Uh, I don't know. Uh, thanks for having me down here. Okay, <laughs> got it, man. In Atlanta, and uh, yeah, I don't know if, if 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 everybody's if anybody's watching the brewery, we got like. We got two to three new kind of barrel aged or sour beers coming out every single month, uh, constantly innovating, and uh, we're really excited about what holds in the future. So, thanks for having me on. Very cool, man. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Cheers. Hey, and thanks for listening to the Drink This Beer podcast, part two of our Shelton Fest 2017 coverage from here in Atlanta, Georgia. Don't forget to drink local, and we'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. More beer stories? Head to BeerGuysRadio.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want more craft beer news? Listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show, available every Saturday morning. Drink this beer. Produced and developed by Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Part of the Beer Guys Media Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com.